Hi there, I'm Richard. I'm the senior pastor of Every Nation Auckland City. We are a multicultural, multi-generational, socially responsible church that makes disciples. We hope this message inspires you to honor God and make disciples. Hey everyone, welcome back again to Jesus 101. This week is part two of a five-part series. So last week we talked about how Jesus was fully human. He's God that was incarnate in human form and he lived the entire human experience. He died and he rose again, which means that this Jesus that we worship, that Christians follow, understands completely and he empathizes with our humanity and our human experience. And this week we're going to look at the other aspect of Jesus, that he is fully divine, which means he's fully God. In theology, the term is called the hypostatic union of Christ, being that his full humanity and his full divinity comes together fully as one in the person of Jesus. So we're going to look at some scriptures today, and I hope that you strap your seatbelt in because we're going to go fast. But I trust and hope that this will really encourage you and really inspire you and help you marvel at this amazing Jesus that we follow. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your scriptures, for your word, that we can read your word and understand and be, uh, uh, be uh, inspired by your word. And, and that as we read your word, not only do we read a written word, but your Holy Spirit opens our minds, that your Holy Spirit can open our hearts and give us revelation, which means it reveals understanding to us that in our natural human minds, we might not understand. So Father, we pray for your revelation. We pray for your Holy Spirit to speak to us, even as I share the word today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Hey, you know, as a uh, next generation pastor, as a campus minister, I spend a lot of time at universities. And um, I remember a few years back, we, we ran this event where we invited all kinds of students. We went around the campus and gave out flyers and we talked about come for free pizzas and we had games and we had uh, performances. And what we used to do is hold these events and invite people so that they can, can come and uh, get to know us and uh, have some great food and ha play some awesome games. And at the end of the day, from the friendships that we built with them, we can begin to form a relationship of trust and hope with the hope that one day they would begin to open their hearts to a relationship with Jesus. But anyway, I remember this event very well. And uh, it was uh, around the start of the event. We had just kicked off the event. We we're about to do a few performances. And uh, I was just standing by the door greeting people. And, and these two guys walked in and uh, I, int I introduced myself to these two guys. And uh, as I got to talking to them, and it was uh, it was really interesting, very, very friendly, very um, uh, sort of uh, well-spoken people, and they were international students. And so as I got to know them, uh, they, they started to tell me more and more about who they were. And I started asking questions as you normally do. You, you, you probe from one answer to another. And, um, and then uh, probably about five minutes into the conversation, one of the guys kind of kind of uh, uh, leans in closer to me and start, and lowers his voice and he, he goes you know uh, i come from a country where uh, i had a i have a big profile i said what do you mean by that and he said well uh, my father 
is a sheik. And I was like, what's a sheik? He goes, well, I'm from Dubai or the Middle East. And my, my father is what they call a sheik, who is one of the, the leaders of the region. And I started thinking, oh my gosh, is this like royalty? And then he goes, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I just, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I'm just letting you know that, um, you know, uh, it's such a, a new experience for me as an international student to meet people from different cultures and thank you for welcoming me and and this guy right here uh he's my friend but he's actually my bodyguard and i was like are you for real and i was trying to hold back laughter thinking that he was actually just joking but he looked at me and said i know it sounds strange but yeah my my father uh he he actually had a big part of uh, designing this this uh, incredible structure uh, that from from the sky look where as you look down in in Dubai looks like the shape of a palm and I've seen that a lot it's a famous uh, landmark in Dubai and I was like your father had a part in designing that he goes yeah at that very moment I felt that my interaction with him changed that from the very beginning as he came in I thought he was just one of the other students and I just interacted him casually like a like a like I would talk to any student but as he began to reveal this to me I thought man I'm talking to royalty how incredible I my demeanor and my posture changed when I learned that he was not just another regular human crazy eh? I know I shouldn't treat him any different but imagine today as we read and think about Jesus. Yes, he's fully human as we learned last week. But now this human is actually God as well. And how I reacted to this guy who's the son of a sheik. Uh, I, my, my dominion and my posture changed just by knowing that he's connected to royalty. How much more if we knew who Jesus is in his full divinity, that he's not just this, yeah, he's God. But as we go deeper in an understanding of who this God is, I hope that you'll be inspired to worship him that much more. So he's fully human and he's fully God. Let's look at some scriptures right now. As you go to the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah, uh, it's a prophetic uh, book and it, it, there's, there's prophecies which, which basically uh, are, uh, are writings that suggest something that will happen in the future. Uh, this was write, written over 800 years before Jesus was born. And here it says in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, it says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel in Hebrew, it means God with us. You see, back in those days, the Jewish people always think of God as this, 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 this uh, big man in the sky, that, that, that this God is, is, is a distant God that you, you have to speak to through a prophet, that you have to sacrifice animals in a special tent to get close to God. But, but, but here it says in, in Isaiah that in the future, that God will come down from heaven to earth and he will become one of us. Emmanuel, God with us. Isn't that incredible? And this Emmanuel came in the form of Jesus. 
I want to look at uh, three different authors of the Bible that, and, and what they, they wrote about who Jesus is in his divinity. And so let's start with the Apostle Matthew. In the book of Matthew, it says this, chapter 2, verse 11, it says, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Who's they? These were the, the wise men, as you, you've heard Christmas stories where these wise men from the east that travel a great distance to look for this, this, this baby Jesus. They were uh, uh, told in a dream that this baby Jesus would be there. They were guided by a star and they arrived at this house. And when they saw Mary, his mother, they fell down and worshipped Jesus, this baby. And it says, then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Wow, wise men travel great distances to come and meet Jesus. Further on in Matthew chapter 14, verse 32 to 33, it says, uh, with the, where, where G, uh, the disciples were with Jesus uh, in a boat. It says, and when they got into the boat, the wind seized and those in the boat worshipped him saying truly you are the son of god so the scene if you if you've never heard of it was when they were in a in a storm and then and jesus uh told the storm he, he stood up and he told the storm to be still and the wind seized and here they were these disciples looked at jesus even though they hung out with jesus they spent time with jesus even though they heard jesus saying that i am God, I am the Son of God. Uh, they, they, they witnessed firsthand that this Jesus, through his divinity or his godness, could command the wind to be still. Amazing. Let's look at what the Apostle John said about Jesus. John is one of the sons of Zebedee. He's one of the three closest disciples of Jesus out of the twelve. You know, so in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 58, it says this. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Can you imagine if you were with Jesus and Jesus says to you, and you're not fully convinced that he is actually God, he says to you that before Abraham, the forefather of forefathers, the founder of the Jewish nations, he says, before Abraham was, I am. What would you think? What Jesus is basically saying is that he was there at the very beginning. John chapter 14 verse 9 says, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? He was talking to Philip. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? You know, and as a disciple of a disciple of Christ, when you hear Jesus saying, "When you have seen me, you have seen the Father," I mean, no one has seen the Father, but He's saying that you look at me because I and the Father, I and the Father are one. Then you have seen the Father. That is an incredibly huge claim that Jesus is saying to His disciples that I am God. Further along, John chapter 10, verse 30, it says this, I and the Father are one. And then it goes on to say, The Jews then picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father, for which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, It is not good 
is not for a good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you being a man, make yourself God. So these Jewish leaders didn't believe him. They treated what he said as blasphemy, which is actually a, a, a sin that is punishable by death. And let's look at the Apostle Paul and what he said about Jesus being God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and this chapter is, is, is so powerful in its authenticity. It will, it's so honest about the reality of who Jesus claimed he was. And it says this, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ had not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. So the Apostle Paul is just basically saying that if Jesus was not raised from the dead, which means that if Jesus was not God because only God can be raised from the dead, then our preaching and our faith is pointless. It's in vain. Crazy, eh? How authentic was that and how bold was the Apostle Paul to actually say these words. And I believe that he could say these words because he actually believed that Jesus was who he said he was. And then it goes on to say, 1 Corinthians 15, 20, it says, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So he is the first fruits, the first of the of all the rest of us. He was raised first. And when we die one day, if we are followers of Jesus, we will also be raised just like him. Incredible. What an amazing thing to look forward to. Let's look at the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse, thir- verse 3. It says this. It says, He, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. It says that he is the exact imprint of God's nature. With all of these verses, through all of these different authors and with consideration of the fact that the followers of Jesus, the very first followers of Jesus, after Jesus died and he rose again, he appeared to his followers and he went to heaven. These very disciples, most of them, in fact, the 12 is on record that the 12 all died brutal deaths. And if Jesus was not God he and he was not raised from the dead why would anyone in their right mind die for a lie there's this book by this lawyer called Irwin H Linton uh, and it's called a lawyer examines the bible pretty straightforward uh, Mr Linton says this it's he said the resurrection is not only so established that the greatest lawyers have declared it to be the best proven fact of all history, but it is also so supported that it is difficult to conceive of any method or line of proof that it lacks, which would make it any more certain. So this professional lawyer that wrote this book, that has uh, uh, done research and talked to other lawyers, have come to this conclusion that the resurrection, the fact that Jesus died and rose again, which proves that he is divine, he is God, 
can be proven in a court of law and there's nothing nothing that 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 that, that would cause it or, or or say that it lacks any more evidence than it needs crazy isn't it so all of this put together from scripture to to legal proceedings to legal professions have come together to confirm that Jesus is who he says he is now so what what does this mean for me as a person whether I'm a Christian or not a Christian so what if Jesus is God let me tell you this is so what if Jesus was not human he could not die in our place and get this if he was not God he could not rise again and stay risen and therefore we are still in our sin and ultimately in eternity we will be separate from God if Jesus was not God he could not be uh, uh, rise again and pay for our sins so he is indeed fully God and fully man what an incredible incredible mind-blowing thing to conceive 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 19 says this in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation so what what Jesus had was sent to do his mission was to come and live the full human experience uh, and yet was re- without sin so that he can die and, and rise again to pay for our sins so that he can reconcile the world to God but the fact is that the world still needs people to bring this message to them because Jesus he, he's in heaven he lived here for three years and he entrusted a divine task a mission possible to human hands to these hands right here to your hands right there if you are a follower of Jesus that Jesus died for everyone for your neighbors for your family members that don't know him for your co-workers for your fellow students at school at uni you see Jesus entrusts this divine task of sharing the good news to those that don't know him to reconcile them the ministry of reconciliation to you and I you know ultimately Jesus's death and resurrection provides us a brand new way to be human it helps us to lift our eyes from the temporary things it helps us to remember that our ultimate destination is not here on earth that this earth that we live in is our temporary residence and ultimately our job right here the one job we have while we are still here on earth is to help as many people as possible get on this boat to get on this life raft to get into eternity with God I love the fact that in Philippians it describes Jesus in this way it says Christ who though he was in the form of God he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on the cross 
Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. How should we live our life knowing that Jesus is fully human and fully God? I would suggest that our knowledge of the fact that He was fully God, that God humbled Himself, He came down from heaven to earth, that is a great example for us as how we are to live our lives, that we should live in humility and obedience. I want to land this plane by going to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And this is how I suggest that we should live with the knowledge of the fact that Jesus, fully human, fully God, came to rescue us, to give us a mission, to give us a new life, to give us new vision. This is what it says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and He gave Himself for me. I want to now pray for two groups of people as I usually do. Firstly, for Christians. If you're here listening to me today and you're a Christian, and after hearing all of those verses that we've kind of skimmed right through, you were reminded, or maybe for the first time, you realize how important and how significant it is for you to know that Jesus was divine or Jesus is God. And you perhaps have treated this God a bit casually. Like remember I was talking to the son of a sheik and my demeanor changed as soon as I knew that he was royalty. How much more should we respond to Jesus as God? And you want to change the way you re respond to Him. That you wanted to worship Him even more. You want to go deeper in that aspect of your relationship with Him. I want to pray for you. That you want to go deeper in your understanding and your worship of Jesus as God. I want to pray for you. Would you put your hand on your heart? Dear God, you see these hands. They're saying to you that perhaps they have uh, not fully understood your divinity Perhaps they may, might not have treated you with the respect that you, that, that's due to you as God. Perhaps they have uh, looked more to your human, humanity, but forgot that you are God. A God that deserves our, our adoration and our worship. Lord, help them open their eyes, open their hearts to realize what a privilege it is to have a relationship with God. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Now, the second group of people, if you are listening to, me, listening to me and you're not a Christian, or perhaps you once were a Christian, and something you heard today has made you realize, you know what, it's almost too good to be true that God Himself, God in human form and God in divine form, has come to be close to you. That God had died for you. He has ro risen again and He has paid for all of your imperfections because He loves you and He wants to be with you for eternity. If you realize that and you want to come close to God and you're not sure how to do that or maybe you're a bit nervous about that but you want to take steps towards Him, why don't you put your hand on your heart? I want to pray for you. 
Dear God, you see these hands. They're saying to you, they want to come close to you. Something they've heard today has made them realize it's time to take steps towards a relationship with Jesus. Would you lead them and guide them, give them boldness and courage? Would you surround them with people that will help them out? I commit them into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you realize that you want to take the next step towards Jesus, why don't you shoot us a private message here or tell a friend who's a Christian and, and ask them to help you step towards him. Uh, it's I can guarantee you it would be the one of the most incredible decisions that you would have ever made in your life. Thank you for joining us. To know more about Every Nation Auckland City, you can visit our website at www.everynationauckland.city. For more messages like this, you can subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts.